Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers Archfit Footwear. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Archfit Footwear? Ah, I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers Archfit are great for virtually everybody. Archfit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist-certified arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers Archfit. Find Skechers Archfit Footwear for men and women everywhere. Good evening. Did that work? Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's seven o'clock, it's Friday night. And welcome along to the Long Run Show live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 Rounds Running Community and our generous sponsors, Sketches. I'm Ian Wilkinson, and tonight I'm joined by regulars Chris Ford and Adam Barry, and our special guest, our dear friend, Ben Slater, who will be chatting to us about how his training is going for his first marathon in London and how he's going to cope accompanying Chris around the streets for 26.2 miles. So we're going to dive deep into that and find out what's going on. Loads of other stuff happening. Big races this weekend. Everything's kicking off. So how are we all doing? Chris, how are we doing, mate? Um, I, I don't know, really. I'm trying to do the, the thing on here because um, Speedgoat's not here. Hang on. That. So you can, if you're on Facebook, oh, we might not be on Facebook. Hang on. Have Maybe you put us on Facebook? Are we on Facebook? I don't know. Anyway, okay. if we, maybe we are, maybe we're not. But if we're not, we might not be. Um, welcome. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting Speaker. He's, he's not here. He's um, yeah. Uh, we were uh, under the impression that Chris has got the hang of his technical stuff since we've been doing the bite size episodes on a Monday, where we leave him to his own devices and he flies through with his technical knowledge, his expertise on shoes and all that sort of stuff. So if you want your technical advice, Monday's the place to be for your double helping. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know what I'm doing anyway. Okay, but apart from that, even though you're here, we can hear you and we can see you. Hmm. So perhaps you'd like to tell us how you are. 
Yep, I am. I'm well. I've got um busy weekend. I'm back racing. And I've been discussing all week with young Ben about what to wear, which is, you know, essential, really. Whether we go vest or we don't go vest. Now, I have been called names by Simon for deciding not potentially to go for a vest. And I put a thing out on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, it's 40 underscore runs. Let's see where we're at, Ben, because it's important consumer advice. Uh, hang on. At the moment, uh, so vest or tea. At the moment, yes for a vest, 21%. No, he's 15%. Cowboy up, 64%. But I think that might just be Simon hitting cowboy up, cowboy up, cowboy up. Um, so it could be that we are out indeed in, in vests, but it's looking a bit chilly um, at the Cambridge half on Sunday, which we're there to film. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. It's going to be good fun. But I am apprehensive because it's the first race of the year for me. Mm. Um, it feels like things are kicking off doesn't it Me, myself and ben we are also in our neck of the woods another big half marathon we are down at chelmsford i'm making my course debut there ben have you done that one before i haven't it will be my first time there so looking forward to that one you're looking apprehensive mate are you apprehensive okay. about the gig or are you apprehensive about doing 13 miles around chelmsford on sunday i mean i'm apprehensive about a vest and yeah. whether i'll get away with a base layer underneath or is that cheating that's a strong look. I, 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 I think you either go vest or you go tea. You don't go vest with a base layer. That's because you might as well wear tea, right? Al, what's your thoughts on this? Vest with underlayer? I actually marathon PB'd in a vest with a base layer underneath oh, it. So, Ben, you know, what am I to know? What do I? Mm. So, there you go. We went, to, um, we went to Gade Valley the other week. We met myself and Ben. We were doing... Uh, uh, 17 miles sort of like club run just like a long run sort of thing and um yeah and he was there in the uh vest base layer combo and then informed me that after two miles he was regretting the double garment strategy so um i wouldn't allow that to affect your decision for sunday mate that is true i forgot about that maybe oh, we might be on facebook because someone just wrote facebook user well they did write facebook user but you know what i mean yeah, if you can log in on the... Um, on I'll the, try that. I'll put that out. But I don't know whether that's going on Facebook or not. Oh, I don't know. Oh, we don't Whatever. know. We'll catch up later and then we'll look at the Facebook feed and it will say, oh, it was them. And we'll yeah. see them. So what are we talking about tonight, Wilco? Can you let me know? Well, we're going to talk a bit about marathon stuff as well, but I just wanted to have a quick catch up with Al because he's had a, we've not seen him for a few weeks and it's been a busy time, mate. You've been completing your Park Run A to Z. Yeah, it's... Uh... Two weeks ago now? Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, on my birthday. Big trip big trip up to York. Um, big turnout from fellow Fordies. And we got there in the end. And I don't mean the actual journey. The journey in the actual park run was fine. But um, one of the uh, barcode scanners went AWOL for 24 hours. <laughs> so needless to say, there was a lot of anxiety about whether our Y would count or not to the point. So uh, where Sunday evening, there was a lot of messages going, who's got their why, who's got their why? But hey-ho, Park Run came to the good. It mm. all got sorted. We all got a time, a proper time. And uh, yeah, Alphabet is done. So roll on the next challenges. Not now, quite see, sure there's what loads of different challenges, aren't there, for this um, this Park Run thing. But one that I know that isn't done is that York, if you don't know, York um, Park Run is done at the race course um, on the Knavesmire. Also, the scene of where they hanged Dick Turpin, if you didn't know that. There's a historical fact for you. And there's another five race courses where they hold Park Run. So surely you should be ticking them off. 
That's a good, actually, yeah, there is, within the app that we all use, the purple app, there is an opportunity to create your own challenges. So, yeah, that could be uh, uh, something we're doing in yeah, the Yeah, so, yeah, so now tomorrow. you've got to do Pontefract, Market Raisin, Warwick, Hereford, and Worcester. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know where any of those are, but I'm sure we can find out. Mm. I just get given the sat-nav code on a Saturday morning and I just drive, so. And it's and it's a massive, it's a big, big park run tomorrow, isn't it? It is, yeah. If you're not aware, um, hopefully there'll be a massive turnout at Gunpowder Park Run for one of our forties, uh, um, probably youngest, but our uh, best supporter, Rose Rose Sloan. She hits 150 park runs. That's not junior park runs. That's 150 park runs, and bless her, she's ten. So you know she's been doing it literally since she can walk and probably beyond. So hopefully, you know, there'll be a good turnout and we'll uh, uh, support her on her way. So looking forward to that. Early to bed, get up and uh, go and cheer on Rose, definitely. You're so coming on, Chris? Yeah, so that's Waltham Abbey. It's technically Essex, isn't it? Waltham yeah, Abbey, Gunpowder Park Run. If you're in that neck of the woods or you want to do a bit of tourism, then get yourself. So I will be there. Um, yeah, I'll be there. Uh and then uh, I was going to say something else, but I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. My brain is fried today. I literally logged on to this about 10 minutes before. I had me dinner, threw it down my neck. And, um, and yeah, anyway. Uh, ben, are you going tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? Um, I'm at Aldenham tomorrow because PB Petra's RD, so I'm tail walking. Oh, yeah. Big shout out to uh, PB Petra. Hopefully she's feeling better because she was a bit Tom Dick in the week, wasn't she? She was. Um, she was right last night at the uh, North London group. Oh, I was going to say, when she was, you know, getting on the old. <laughs> I'd, I'd also like to say, talking about the satellite group, so I'd like to say I had a great Wednesday evening with the London group. Made my um, debut with them. Very busy run along uh, past Buckingham Palace out to uh, Victoria Station. I hope Sue's all right because she went, had a bit, Sue Flynn had a bit of a tumble um, in front of a load of tourists right outside Buckingham Palace. But um, yeah, she, all at Everybody emerged unscathed, and it was a lovely little run around the town. Good to be back running around London, even though it was very busy. So I will definitely be along there again. So if you're um, about around um, outside Price Waterhouse Coopers um, by um, Embankment Station at about 6 o'clock on a Wednesday, you'll see a few people congregating and ready to scout for a run. And uh, I suggest Jordan. popping along and uh, joining in the fun. Now, I don't want to talk about marathons because we got hammered on the um... – Reviews. By the way, please leave reviews. Uh, negative or not, we don't really care. But it was quite, I shouldn't say amusing, but uh, we got hammered for talking about marathons too much, apparently. Um, so anyway, New York Marathon, did anyone get in? Did anybody in the Western world get in? Because I don't know. One anybody person. say they've yeah, got in. I don't know anybody. Let us know who, uh, who whoever got into the New York. I don't think anyone's running New York Marathon next year because I know nobody who got in. Now, I'd be interested to know whether you have to be in the US to get a place. Because it just seems like nobody in the UK that I know of got a place. They did say that there's an internet, there is there are sort of three ballots. There's one for sort of people who oh. live in the New York metropolitan area, and then there's one for people who live in the States. And then there's an international ballot. Which but is like you say, I've not places. seen anybody say, oh, great, I got in. Yeah, I think I think it's a, it must only be like three places of saying for anybody. Yeah, of course they don't the state, do they? They don't say how many places they've got for these sort no, of things. Very inward looking. Anyway, so um, yeah, so we are going to talk about marathons tonight. So whoever you were who left that comment, you might want to switch off now. Mind you, probably not. Listen, you're probably angry typing about something. Well, but else. then we might get on to something different. So you could always just hang around just in case. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just because we talk about it this week, we might not be talking because we've done loads of episodes talking about other things. But um, but anyway, we're talking about marathons because, um, uh, again, that person was critical. Everyday runners apparently don't run marathons. But I think a lot of us strive towards going towards the marathon distance. But also the stuff we do talk about can be applied to whether you're couch to 5K or to marathon. I think it's it's a lot of the stuff we talk about is applicable to everybody. Um but tonight we're focusing a little bit more on the London Marathon because young Ben is going for the London Marathon for the very first time. Uh, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But you've done a London, Al? Marathon, yeah. yeah. done it twice, 2019 and 2021. So. Is it on your bucket? I know you've done it, Wilco, but is it on your bucket list? Oh, yeah, I'd like to do it, definitely. But then it's, um, you know, if I, you know, I'd... I wouldn't be uh, desperate enough that I'd have to do it. But, yeah, I'm always banging away on the ballot every year to try and get in. And um, I'll continue to do so. I'd love to do it one day. And, you know, having lived in London and run quite a lot of the course, various training runs and things like that, it'd be lovely to do it on the big day. Hmm. And, uh, Ben's, you're going to be your first time. I'm going to be doing my fifth this year. Um, just before we get into it, I've got to give a shout-out to Sketches this week. Big shout-out to them. Mad love for sponsoring the podcast and supporting 40 Runs. We love sketches, so thank you very much to those guys. And don't forget, because everybody keeps asking me still, the code for Start Fitness is uh, 40 runs. It can't be any easier. It's 40 runs, all one word, startfitness.co.uk. We don't earn anything out of that. But that is the code. You'd be amazed how many people still ask me for that, especially on Instagram. And I'm trying, right, listen to this, yeah? I'm trying to get, if anybody knows, by the way, I'm just going off on the tangent here. If anybody knows of a Tracksmith code, um, because they're not their stuff's like eight grand for a pair of socks, right? But somebody said to me that the half tights are really good, right? So I'm looking at the half tights. I went on their website and they are 113 pounds. 100, get, yeah, 113 pounds for a pair of half tights. Now, I don't mind paying the £13 bit, but I was kind of hoping that somebody could give me a discount code that would get rid of the 100 bit. Because, I, I look, this stuff apparently is high quality, right? Yeah, you've got to be an elite to run in it. You've got to be skinny. You know, a bit like sore running. You've got to be of a certain build, apparently, to wear it. Um, it was like when I went on, when I went on there, I, I misread what he said. He said waist, and it was like 30 inches. And I thought, yeah, it probably says it all, really. Uh, that max max were waste, but it wasn't. It was the size of the garment. But the um, if anyone's got a, a code for Tracksmith, um, can they let me know? Preferably one that's going to get me about a hundred pounds off of those you, half. You, you need to invite Steve on the show. He's already messy saying he know, he thinks he might know someone. So no, I Steve. can ask. If, I know a pacer for Tracksmith. All right, Steve O. Over to you. Send an email in to uh, you can have my personal email address, cf at 40 runs.com. Yeah, I know. The, my own email. I want that email. I want that code. Because apparently these things, right, are very good. I think it's all psychological. So I thought it'd be a laugh, as always, to get them and see if they make any difference whatsoever. Uh, it might be a little bit tongue in cheek, as always. Um, so if anybody does have a coat, so Ben, are you going to go half tights? If I go half tights, uh, are you buying them? No, no, I was hoping that you would. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I bought new shoes this week, so sadly not. Oh, what did you buy? Uh, I bought the Max 5. Hey, sketches in the house. 
And now a sketches convert. They're insane. The the spring in them. I was trying to uh, go at goal pace earlier, mm. and I just kept getting faster. Yeah, they're um, they're they're. they're going to wear them on Sunday. Um. Yes, probably. I'm. No. no, you ain't. Am I not? What am I wearing no, on? You're wearing your race day shoes. We've spoken about this. But I might. Uh, no. Are they not good for race day no. shoes? Do as you tell. <laughs> Okay, so no, I'm not. I'm going to wear the... Uh, <laughs> but, where did you get Because Cy got them for 68. I think 60. Was it, no, Speedgoat got them. It was, well, did you get them the same place? Sports thing? Uh, sport, yes, I did. Mike yeah. Ashley Sports, yeah. yeah. Yes. Who can sponsor the pod if they want to. Um, He's but got a few quid. He's not paying for Newcastle anymore, you know. You know, spurs a few bob, can he? Al, would you wear half tights? It depends which half you're talking about. Are we talking front and back or top and bottom? Entirely or left and right leg. Yeah. <laughs> you, I think it just really depends, doesn't it? No, I've, I've never, I've never gone for a half type myself. So uh, it's a bold look in new territory for me. Yeah, it's a, it is a strong Talking look. Talking to the guy that goes out in eight layers, so half a type doesn't feel like it works for me. Wilco, would you rock the half type? I'd be open. I'd be open to try it, mate. It'd be nice to at that halfway house where you that sort of late. About this sort of time, early March, you know, is it too mm. cold? Is it a bit cold? Is it a bit? Just, apparently, we're going to get. It's going to be a bit cold next week. Yeah, I, I think. I think the half tight, rain or shine, is 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 a good look. You you almost look elite, but you're not. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So when you know when they're when they're running back past you, they'll go, "Oh look, he's an elite." Oh no, he's not. So it's that sort of you know. Is that sort of? I'm sure process? there'd be other clues that they'd look at at me than think and come to the conclusion that I'm not an elite before they look at whether I'm wearing a pair of half tights or not. Though. Well, the thing is, Wilco, I think they should try your pre-race ritual of you know consuming your own body weight in calories, um, <laughs> because I think all of them could do with a good meal. Right. So, um, Al, what have we got in the um, in the? Co- I think most of it's comments in it. Yeah, we've 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 had a few shout outs. Um, I'll just kind of touch on a couple that show our global reach. So we've got Two Sheds Glen. He's snowed in in the Pyrenees, but uh, uh, that means he's got nothing better to do than watch us. Uh, big shout out to, to Glen. And we've uh, made it across the Atlantic to Indiana. So Courtney's tuned in from up, uh, no, West Lafayette um, in Indiana. So uh, uh, yeah, we're uh, reaching far and wide. A um, couple of other things. Shout out to Mark Langhorn. Yeah, I think I saw you um, post on your, your Brighton half. And I've got a question for you, Mark. Did you get overtaken by the man carrying the fridge on his back? That is the big question. That was all the chatter in the group afterwards. Um, he set a world record, apparently, two hours and one minute for running. What? 0.1 miles with a fridge containing 26 kilos. And it was really weird. Um Brighton is always well supported and, you know, had my name on my shirt and it's getting loads of shout outs. And as we made the turn to come back along the prom, you could see people prepping with their cameras and you're thinking, all right, okay, puff my chest out and get ready. And then you could, you could hear people going, it's the man with the fridge, it's the man with the fridge. <laughs> and he went whizzing past <laughs> towards the finish line. So uh, hats off to him. Hey, that looked really painful, but, you know, amazing achievement. And talking about being passed by elites, it was another race for a, um, another incident. Um, if you've, have you guys done, Brian? No, I haven't. Brian? No. 
So, Ben, you know, you go up the hill, turn around roundabout road in and come down again. So you'll have an idea of how far we're into the race. Um, we were coming back into Brighton for the first aid station at about 5K, and we saw a super fast athlete go up the hill. And we're going, he can't have won already. He can't have finished. Because obviously we were at the back and, you know, it's like 30-odd minutes since the, the gun went. Uh, and it transpires he was a, a kind of semi-elite uh, runner turned up half an hour late <laughs> and just set off and picked his way through the field for to finish in just over an hour. Hardcore. <laughs> Hardcore. So, what was that moment he couldn't have finished. He surely could not have finished. And no, he hadn't. He hadn't even started. <laughs> did he have half tights on? I, he went so fast, I didn't look. I bet I he did. I... <laughs> I bet he did. That's going to be me and Ben at the London Marathon in our half tights. Ben, I've, I've, this, is, this is me. We're going to get a code from Tracksmith. Trust me. I'm, I am slightly concerned, though. The man with the fridge is doing London as well. From what is, is, he already, is he already announced that? Yeah, I, I think I saw it on uh, on Insta the other day that he's uh, running the London Marathon, so I'm slightly concerned. Ben, I'll, I'll be prepping for my picture. Ben, and then... I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, I would suggest make picture. sure you're in a pen behind him, and that way he can't overtake you. He's <laughs> <laughs> Elisa, your concerns, Benny boy. It's Jesus carrying the cross barefooted that you've got to be more concerned about. <laughs> to be fair, Chris in my ear for 26.2 miles, man with a fridge overtaking me. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. Um, should we, uh, Wilco, move on to the uh, wonder that is the London Marathon? Because we did yeah, ask should Ben. We just, well, before we do that, should we just allow Ben to sort of introduce himself? Because we obviously know him, but lots of people out there won't know who he is. Mm. You know, but they sure, once they, once they get to know him, they'll want to know him. Mm. You know, so Ben, before we dive into your sort of marathon experience, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, a little brief synopsis of your running journey so far and what you've been up to? Wow, uh, pressure on that one. Um, so, hi everyone, nice to be here. Uh, I this is my first marathon. I've entered the ballot for the last, I think, four years, um, and this was the only year that I didn't go in for the second chance ballot um, and actually got it. So I was uh, I was on holiday when I found that out, and my mum was like, "Well, can you not defer?" And I'm like, "Mum, do you know how hard it is to get a place? <laughs> um, why, why would I ever do that?" Um, so I normally, my, my kind of ideal race is half marathons. I, I kind of love doing half marathons. Um, that just nice to kind of get finished in uh, around two hours and get to the pub. Um, so I started running probably about three or four years ago. Um, I think I tell a lie. I did the red in half maybe 10 years ago. I got a random spot, did that. And then, um, kind of didn't really run again after that. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of got back into into half marathons um, through Spicy, uh, Rachel. She was uh, just kind of telling me to do I do what I'm told, as you kind of, uh, as you heard from Chris. So, um, and then, yeah, I do go to Hartford Group on a, on a Tuesday night and then uh, North London on a Thursday night, park run, tourism most Saturdays um, and try and get out running most most days and yeah but it's um it's been it's been a journey i've really enjoyed marathon training so far looking forward to the big day he says now <laughs> now chris it's been a team effort hasn't it because you've been um you've been helping ben along with his training and coaching programs and things like that what um, how have you sort of like with ben doing his first um marathon he's obviously got a bit of experience of doing some 
um, doing some halves and stuff like that. How did you approach, you know, the program right at the start? Well, firstly, I needed to slow him down, to be honest, because he's like a maniac. He just runs everything about 3,000 miles an hour, which is good in terms of effort and and all that. But if you run a if you run a 16, 20-week plan and you're going to crash through that, the chances are the first thing you're going to do is book an appointment with Monica and go and see the osteo. So I think the first thing that we had to do with you, Ben, was to slow you down, to be fair, and it was to find a pace, an easy pace, that was was you know just so easy for him that you know conversational pace that he could do those easy miles at that we could do that base work of of expanding his aerobic base. So we just took some of that pressure off, so we could then work on the higher stuff. So like on a Tuesday where we shout at him to go harder, um, those those sort of efforts he could go full guns blazing because ideally the rest of the stuff at the front of the end of the plan. Was, was at a lower level because it was just that building phase to, to just expand his aerobic base because I, he's very capable as a runner, but his biggest downfall is that he just goes hell for leather. So to temper some of that, which, it, you know, when you're going into these longer distance events and it's hard, same with the half marathon and the marathon, you need to temper some of that pace. You need to build some of that um, race craft savvy, uh, you know, just ethics into your into your uh training of this is a 16 to a 20 week plan i don't need to be doing everything full on because i'm only going to get injured but that, that's been that that was the hardest thing to get into him uh but he did it i have noticed that his times have been creeping up on some of the runs where he's meant to be going slower uh but i have i have tried to temper some of that but at the same time i did say you know, that you know i've given him permission to tear it up on a few races and a few times to, to, you know, to stretch those legs. But you can see, you can see the transformation. And I'm talking like he's not there, but you can see the transformation from when we started to where he is now. He's able to maintain a much better pace consistently over longer distance. Is that fair, Ben, with the plan that we did you? As long as I'm not running with the PB, then no, don't run yeah, with fine. I've, I've, I've cut that out as well. Yeah. Um, what was that week two? And she uh, really getting faster. Um, but no, yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I think w- probably this time last year, my biggest struggle was I'd probably set off too quick and then struggle to hold it throughout and then not be able to slow down enough to kind of recover and then kind of get in. I think um, one of your favorite. Well, Hackney last year, I set off with, you know, big ambitions of kind of getting a sub around 145, hit maybe 10K and I was done and kind of had to walk, run to the end and still came in, was happy with the time. But I think probably psychologically just disappointed that I, I didn't have that kind of endurance. Mm. Um, whereas what I've, I've found with this, I think, you know, Wilco said earlier when we did Gade, I kind of did two at goal one easy and actually i'm now learning how to uh how to slow down kind of after i've torn a few uh miles out yeah so you've got you you've got to manage it and one of the reasons why i'm going to try and get in and run with him at the start is is really just to hold him back because the, the focus is those first three miles come at you at london you're so pumped you've got all the adrenaline it's race day you've been waiting for this for 16, 20 months, whatever it is, right? And you're ready to go. You're tapered well and, and you're on the start line. And and I know with him, 
if he's not careful, he'll go through that start line and he'll just go berserk. So we've got to try and rein him back to start with, just to settle settle him in to the pace in which that we've said to go for. Because this is this is Ben's first marathon. So he's got he's very lucky and it's annoying that he's tall, skinny, and he's got really long legs. Okay. So he in terms of his running, he's he's got he's got a natural ability, right? And he's got a really good mental approach to it, the fact that he can grind it out. So if we can just get him through the first marathon and, and enjoy it and, and learn from the, the training that we've done and the process that we've gone through, but at the same time, learn from the race uh, and understand the process of the race because there's two different elements in terms of the training and the race. But get that done, do it well, you know, hold back a little bit, I would say, and then in the autumn or whatever you want to do, that's when we start turning it up a bit and going, right, now we're going to go 345, 320, you know, 315, which he's very capable of doing. So it's, it's, it's moving in that right direction. But the first things first, slow him down, complete the race. So, Chris, this might sound like a stupid question, but you're going to be there with him on the day. How To get him to slow down, are you going to have a sort of like a prep talk before you go and discuss sort of times and let him get on with it while you're out there? Or are you going to be in his ear while you're going along? Well, I'll be in his ear anyway, because I, I talk, I will talk for the whole time. Um, just ask anyone who's run with me. But no, uh, the easiest thing I've, I think I'm going to do, if you've ever seen the, the TV program Yellowstone, they ride a lot of horses and they have these bridles and these reins. I've got a set of them coming from Montana and I'm going to put them on him. Right, and I'm literally going to hold him like this, Charlie. You know, I'm going to hold him like this for three miles, and then I'm going to let him go. No, um, the, the, it's, it's a simple. I think you, he's got to manage it himself. Um, we when we run as uh, you know me speak uh, and Sai because we obviously run together a lot. We're always checking checking each other. Like so, we did that twenty mile the other day. I think the video is coming out soon actually when we ran back from London, and we ran that to feel deliberately. Because we didn't want to, but we didn't want to go fast. So we was checking each other because it was like we're a little bit quick here, and, and it's that conversation between each other. And it just because there's nobody next to you necessarily have that conversation with yourself. Oh, this feels like I'm probably kicking on a little bit too much here, and just check yourself. Have a strategy before you start your marathon or half marathon. Always have a strategy. So I've got a strategy for Sunday. Um, I've got a strategy for part run tomorrow because I want to use it for a certain reason. So if you're if you're doing a a race or event, uh, you know of a certain caliber, I would say make sure you have a, a strategy before you go. So if you're stepping on the line of London, think about what you're going to do because those first three miles can swallow you up. And by the time you get to five, you could be so far ahead of yourself that by the time you get to thirteen, you're getting onto the way of, of being ruined. Yeah, and then it's just it's just ticking down, and then you're going to get. You're going to get up to Canary Wharf and, and you're done. You're spent. You've got to turn around and come home. So those first three miles, which are not flat, they're up and down a little bit. They're not hilly, but they, they do move up and down. It does take some people by a bit shock because they just hear London's flat. It's not at the start. It rolls. You want to use those first three miles to get your rhythm. And We also, we spoke about it millions of times on this on this uh, podcast. Find that rhythm in the first three miles of London. Because the, the reason is because after three miles, everybody joins together. Yeah, uh, everybody gets together. You want to get when you reach that, and it's like you think think about it as though you're joining a motorway, yeah, and you're coming down, 
And you've got to get up to a speed that you can just literally shift into everybody. That's how you've got to feel if you're doing London and any race, to be honest with you, over the first three miles. But you want to feel like you can join the flow of traffic, but you're comfortable there. So whether you're going in the first lane, you're doing 50, but that's fine. Or, you know, and you're moving into the 70 mile an hour lane with everybody in their sore running kit and half tights like me, heroes. But you want to get go down there, but that's how you want to think about it. So use those first three miles, right? In finding that rhythm. And because that will set you up basically for the Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nice. It's like anything. So Sunday, I'm going to go out relatively hardish. I don't know how I'm going to get on because obviously I had flu, like proper flu the other week. I don't know whether I've got it there or not. So I'll go out hardish. But I've got to go out relatively hardish because I want to maintain that pace over the 13 miles. There's no point me trying to build that pace because it's 13 miles. I will struggle. So I've, I've got a strategy. I want to get out. The, get out. The, I'm going to do a decent warm up, but get out the gates and get into that pace early doors so I can I can find that rhythm of that pace because I think it's easier to once you find that rhythm, it's easier to maintain. It's hard to build up to something or like Ben was saying to come down and then go back up. Mm. Yeah. So I would say anybody who's doing London or any marathon or half marathon spring, think about that. Think about the first part of the race as getting getting that rhythm. I suppose, Al, it's always, it's always you know, it's the old thing about a marathon or any race of a significant distance, you know, chopping it up and sort of like getting not too far ahead of yourself and just concentrating on that first three miles so that you put yourself in the position to do the best that you possibly can over the remaining 23.2. Can't hear him. You can spoil your race in those first three miles by getting carried away, like Chris has said. And what I've found is, if if you're not familiar, and Chris has already alluded to it, you get the Greenwich and the Blackheath joining round about 5K. Just as you're settling down, you get another surge of excitement, particularly if you're kind of seeing your your club mates running, coming from another distance. And so you then got to kind of calm yourself down again. So, you know, it can take you another mile or so to get back into the rhythm um, once you've kind of had that point in the race. Um, and if you don't get that right, then the next 20 miles can be a bit of a struggle. So mm-hmm. it, it, it is, you know, getting that early pace, that rhythm is, is kind of key, as Chris has already alluded to. Absolutely. Right, Ben, you've got five questions. Let's get into these. To be fair, you we that's one of the first ones was talking oh, about well, kind of pacing. So yeah, obviously well. you how how do you deal with it in terms of so 
my aim, as you know, I, I want to kind of go sub four. We've worked out an average to get me, I think, about three fifty-five. Um, so with a bit of leeway. Um, but so how how is twenty-six point two miles? How do you kind of spread that across? Is it kind of a slower start and negative splits? What, what do you think? Depends on the runner. A lot of it depends. I always run my races the second half quicker than I do the first. That's just because my anxiety is up. And when I get to halfway, I usually have settled in. Like, so I had a, it was almost like a panic attack. Uh, first time I did London at 10K. I got really ahead of myself um, and really struggled to settle down. Lucky enough, my brother was out on course and I saw him and that kind of settled me down. So I always run the set. My point is I always run the second half quicker. Um, it's just the way I work because it's like I'm going to get this over and done with. I think it very much depends on a runner. As somebody who runs quick, I would say you go negative split because that temper some of that aggression and speed and, and energy and just even try and even split the front. Get get up a goal for 13 miles, so whatever that is. Uh, 155 for argument's sake let's say what we cross at 155 or 157 probably 157 right check yourself over and go right i'm now gonna go 156 or whatever it is i've got no idea what the splits are but look to do the second half because you should have tempered some of that energy that you would normally have like a maniac that you are into the second half you should still because you've controlled that you that should still be there and we can get into that obviously a lot of it will come down to mental strength from about mile 22 onwards but that comes down to fueling you've got to get your fueling absolutely spot on and that's something you really need to to drill in and we get into that later if you want but um for you that's what i would say other people it works differently you know some people go hell for leather and try and hang on which can work as well Uh, it depends it depends how mentally tough you are because that is a strategy that works for people that they just try and get as deep in as they can and hang on for dear life. That's what Tobe does. You know, he, he, he'll he he'll pick a hard pace and he'll just go, you know what, I'm going to hang on to this as long as I can. I will dip to see if I've got anything else. Otherwise, I'm just holding on. And as we know, that worked for him in Amsterdam uh, when he ran 346 because the course was short. So there's there's all that to think about. So, yeah, I think it, it, it depends on you as an individual. Is is, is that, that comes down to it. And again, Ben... That's what I said to you about getting your first one done, right? Because we might make a complete cock up of it, right? We might, you might go out and go, you know what? I could have probably gone harder or oh, I was done by 30, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And that's the key to that. That's why I always say, get your first one done. Learn from it. Understand your good bits. Understand your bad bits. Understand what went well in your training. Understand what well, it went well in your fueling. More importantly, understand the mistakes you made. And then you go again. And then you build on that. And that's the way. These marathons are bleeding hard. And half marathons are bleeding hard. And until you've done a few of them, until you've been through some of the blocks and you've made complete muck-ups of them, like I said to you, that panic attack at 10K, I next, you know, so I knew that I potentially had that coming. So I was prepped for it mentally. Yeah, that's how you learn through this this whole running business because it's all psychological. And I suppose our as well, you know, it's the ability to be adaptable during the course of the race, isn't it? Well, I was going to come on to something to be mindful of, Ben. You will run further than 26.2. So that second half of the race is going to feel longer because it probably is longer and you'll have that cumulative effect. If you start losing a little bit on your GPS, you think you're on pace and then suddenly 
you know, you, you, where, where's the 22 mile marker? Well, actually, it's still half a mile down the road. And that psychological impact can kill you because it, it's done it to me. Now, I've found a little app called Pace Calculator that does all the normal numbers about, you know, 909 for a sub two, but it allows you to adjust the course by either 1% or 2%, and then it recalculates your pace. And in effect, what that's doing is allowing you to, to bank a little bit of time. The other thing, probably not for your first marathon, but obviously, and we've talked about this quite a lot on, on other episodes, is about whether to run with a pacer or not. Their job is to nail the pace as consistently as possible. So if you think you're going to just be all about rhythm, then there's a pacer that will do that job for you. Some people cope with that and love it. Other people, you know, find that really stressful. So I think you've just got to kind of find how you go on that first marathon. And if there is a second, a third and a fourth, then you'll be able to develop your... No, stop laughing. There will be a second. It might not seem like it at about 2.20 on 23rd of April, but there will be a second one, I assure you. But the key thing is, you know, you've done your first one and then you'll start to kind of assess and evaluate kind of how it went and stuff. There's a, there's a, there's a good point from that, right? If you blow up, right, just to put a Debbie down on everything, if you blow up, right, and you got to walk or you got to stop and take. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Okay. You've, you, you're going to be doing a very, very, very tough thing, right? There's absolutely no shame. There's absolutely nothing wrong. If you've got to step out of it and take a walk break and, and then walk it home to get the thing done, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. If anything, you will learn from it. It's really good because you will learn from it. I think my first two Londons, I blew up spectacular. I think one, my hamstring went and this, and I've done something else. It's just the way it is, but that's marathons. They're bloody hard, okay? So don't, it's not going to be all rose petals and honky-tonks, okay? You, it is going to go at some point in that race, tits up. How you deal with that is entirely up to you, right? And how and how you pull through that and feel that. A lot of it, again, comes down to fueling because you've got to keep this switched on. But don't be afraid of of it going to itself and be aware have have a a toolbox effectively of things you're going to use during the race half marathon marathon 10k whatever it is that gets you out of dodge gets you out you know the heat because you've got to unpack some of that psychological stuff that's going through your mind like i did i said to you 10k when i had that almost panic attack it was um you've got to have that in your back pocket you've got to pull be able to pull a car out some people i remember when i was um I was behind, I went to one of these, uh, you know, the experts thing, which is London Marathon events. They're not experts. They're people just trying to sell their books, right? And they're paid to talk. So it's a load of old tip, right? Meet the expert. Anyway, I was there. I was backstage and I was chatting to the um, psychiatrist lady, the sports psychiatrist lady, and she was talking about mantras, right? Um, So whether you've got a mantra that you rely on, whether you've got something that's, you know, written on your hand that inspires you, or there's something that you can reflect back on, um, something that you can work out in your own brain that gets you out of that situation you're in. It's like, who was I talking to? I think I was talking to Mandy about this. It's like that thing. So panic attacks, right? So when I get on a plane, I have a panic attack, right? It's just one of those things. I think it's related to my ADHD. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But I have a panic attack when I get, so the advice is given is because you get those two sense things in your brain. One is fight. Of one is flight, yeah. 
Now, the way to deal with that on the uh, on the flight technique, because that's what it's telling you, because your body's telling you, everything's coming out of your brain, it's telling you get out of the situation, is to is to focus on something, to change that, shift it, to get it back to balance out. So whether it's, this might sound nuts, right? This is, Actually, this is going to sound nuts, but this is brilliant. As you're running on London, there's a KFC. I'm going to give a good example. So if you're at that point where there's KFC, look at the sign of KFC and start thinking about the sign of KFC and going, I wonder what that would look like if it was blue. I don't know what if I could eat a KFC at the moment. And you're going, you're removing that flight sensation from your brain. You're taking it down a notch and you're now going somewhere else. That's one That's one area. So when you're getting, shit, I'm at mile 22, yeah? How the hell am I? I my legs are done. Uh, just think about, right, I'm mm-hmm. going to focus on just getting to the next aid station. Because at the next aid station, it's going to be a really nice person, probably a 40 runner, and they're going to give me a glass of water, yeah? Or I'm going to get to the next aid station. I'm going to walk through that. Because I'm going to get 30 seconds to a minute. Have those little things as in your toolbox ready to pull out. Yeah, I had a tough time at um, the London Landmarks. And, and I ended up counting Pret-a-Manger's. So Brilliant. I just sort of like counted it. was a lot of sort of like, one. Oh, there's another one. There's another Brilliant. one. And then just sort of like ticked along like that. And that got me through a couple of miles doing that. Yeah, good for you. That's a, that's a great one, Wilco. Count cars is the other one. Colours of cars. I've seen three red Fiestas. Now I've seen... I'll make you laugh, right? I'm, this is deadly serious. Wilco don't know this, but when we're when we're out, we always count Wilco's car because whenever we see a green Fiesta, we go, "It's Wilco," right? I'm being serious. You are sure? We always say, "Look, there's Wilco." It's just it's just something, right? Do the same, Ben. When you're out there, all right? There won't be any cars, but oh, I've just seen, you know, and, and that's the sort of thing, you know, to distract you from that from that pain or that, you know, you've got out, you, you know that. You're just a little bit unsettled. Right, what's your next? Because we ran out of time. What other questions you got? Come on. Um, and to be fair, that is a really good point on that. Because I remember at Hackney when I blew up last year, I voice noted Spicy. And she did the classic, you're almost there. And I was like, I've still got half the race left. You, oh, you get, you get that all. idiot who's telling you, I only got a part run left. <laughs> <laughs> you're gone, my mate. Favorite. Yeah, my favourite line ever after I've already done four. Um so we we touched on it earlier, but and you told me off that I wasn't allowed to wear those as my uh, race day shoe. So at what point should I choose my race day shoe, and how many races runs should I have done in them before the big day? Okay, you want to box fresh to a degree, but at the same time. So uh, somebody asked me this on the on the live stream on Monday, and if you've got any trainer shoe gear, the, tune in on Monday. Um, we, we get really into it. Um, but I told them basically that I, I run them about 20 miles is usually it. So I'll give you an example. Tomorrow at Park Rose's Park Run, I'm going to be wearing my Adios Pro 3s. You might think that's nuts, right? But it's not because I want to get th- another three miles through them. I, they've already had about 13, 14. I'm not sure whether I'm wearing them yet. I've got the Endorphin Elite that I'm wearing on Sunday, uh, which will actually they'll go, they'll be more about 30 miles. Actually, be more than that. But uh, you put around 20 miles is okay. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've pulled some out and, and run, you know, and a racing event in them, but I'm a little bit different with all the stuff we get. So that's what I would be looking for. About 20 miles is, is usually a good shot, but you want to try and keep some of the, some of that secret sauce in the show. Um, really? Uh, but yeah, I would, I would, that's what I said to you. Get yours, get yours out, put a race through them. 30 mile race is a good race to do. Cause you'll, You'll be well aware if there's any 
anything that gets thrown up. Like I, I had the Alpha Fly two um, for a race, and I was umming and ahhing about wearing them in Amsterdam, and uh, I got a major blister on the arch of my foot, and then I thought, that, and that was it. That's all. I all that shoe associated was was blister march. Am I going to get a blister march on my foot? In, uh, um, so that's another reason why I switched it. But I only learned that from doing it. Yeah. So that's why you really need to get them, get them out, get them softened up, mainly in the upper and the insole, you know, just a little bit softened up. The, the midsole compound is, is, will be absolutely fine, but it's, it's more just softening them up. Can I just ask a quick question about this? Um, would you have a different approach if you're using the same model of shoes that you've already used? See, like I'm wearing, I've got another pair of um, Endorphin Pro 2, so I'm intending to wear them, my third pair, so I'm used to them. Now, would that have any bearing on the amount of miles that you do before you yeah, because it's, it's effectively a new show. So no, but would that the fact that you're already suited to them, you know what they feel like. Would that would that have any? Yeah, but they could have they come could have come off a different factory line. They could have come off. They might have changed the the last slightly. I don't know. They could they could be anything. Yeah. You, I've I've had exactly the same shoe, and they've come up completely different. Yeah, right. if you remember, Wilco, we've had conversations here about people observing that different colours shoes come up differently different uppers because the manufacturing process so you just you just can never be a hundred percent so don't take anything for granted that's what try out a couple of different paces as well so put a speed work in now do a slightly longer easy pace and just see how they react to those different so you know what they say on the tin is that what you're feeling when you're putting them through those different paces as well but 20 miles, 30 miles, I'd agree with Chris on that, yeah. Yeah, you, you want to try. And also, Ben, I mean, with, with a race, you know, you, you're going to get that feeling that feeling of how, what they're really like under pressure, mm. you know. So, And it's it's good it's only 30 miles. And like I said, it's a great point. You know, you can uh, – I ran those Adios Pro Freeze for a speed session. I'm going to do three miles in them tomorrow – probably goal pace got 13 miles i'll go ahead but also i'm going to do a little bit of goal pace easier work in them to to see what they're like at, like like a little back off because like the alpha fly if you go you know it's like at the end of the you don't know what it's like but at the end of the race you're, you're all over the place your form goes out the window you're almost crawling on your hands and knees you're ringing your mum up and saying mama i don't like this anymore can someone help me and, and you ain't worried about your form you ain't you know perfectly striking where your foot is you're going to be all over the place. So are you in a shoe that ultimately, that if you've got a walk from 17 miles, ain't going to be pretty. You know, that's the sort of thing that you need to, and that's why I made a good point in terms of the different paces and the different work in them. Right, what was your next one? Uh, my next one's race day. So um, best thing, like kind of fueling on, not during the race, but kind of pre-race, and I, I know you've kind of talked about it a little bit before with uh, with admin and stuff. But what what do you kind of recommend? Because no, I'm not allowed to call her that now. We got told off in the reviews oh, that we're not allowed to talk admin, even though admin doesn't mind being called admin. We're not allowed to call her admin. And if we can continue to call her admin, we're going to get more reviews where we only get two stars. So don't call her admin. Admin. Sorry, Ben. Carry on. What was it? Um, so fueling on race day. Yeah. Because one thing I noticed at Great North last last year, I think I said to you. I really struggled because of how long we were kind of in the pens and stuff that I'd eaten. I think a bowl of porridge. And then by the time we started was starving. So what would you kind of, what, what would you recommend from kind of getting up, 
hours before and kind of food wise. Okay, so a couple of things there. Firstly, you need to do a run, a longish run, but even if it's ten miles on a Sunday at the time of the race, so you can okay. practice that. Okay, because the chances are, if I remember rightly, I, I might be a, a little bit out. But London usually starts about 10.30, 10, 10.30, I think. I think one year I went off at 9.30, but it's usually about between 9.30 and 10.30 because I always remember getting up a little bit later for London Marathon because uh, I'm usually staying in London, blah, blah, blah. But so practice that is my point, is practice doing that a little bit and then try and get your timings right in terms of where you're having your breakfast. It very much comes down to personal preference on this one, okay, and how you are as a human being and what you can and can't tolerate. So, like you just said there, for Great North Run, you didn't have anything. Simon had went to Greg's and had, you know, a bacon and sausage baguette and then had a, a, a some other baguette. He had them half hour before he, and then smashed out 145 like and done nothing. So you've got, to, you've got to play about with it. You've got to look at your your, your carb intake. But you've got to get it right now. Does that make any sense? So if you're if you're if you're having a bowl of porridge, which is what all I would do, I'll have a bowl of porridge in the morning, but I'll have it cup like two and a half hours is usually about my window. But then I won't have anything until I get going. Now that might be not optimal because so like Ben Parks, we were talking about this the other week. Ben has his stuff in the morning, then he has the Morton drink on the way to the race before he starts, then he has a cyst gel which is about 25, 27 grams of uh, carbohydrate before he starts. Yeah. So it, it, it's all dependent on you. There's the science and now it's going to, we'll come on to our with that in a minute, but you've got to work out now and not much later than this, a strategy for that morning. Cause you do need to get calories in. You do need to get carbohydrate. Don't forget you would have had a period leading up to the race where you would probably had a more carby based diet. You don't need to go nuts and just eat buckets of uh, pasta because that's mental. But you would have switched, hopefully, focused towards a more carby diet. So you'll have those some of those stores built up anyway, but you do need a, a strategy and a plan now. Agree, Al? Because you're you're on more on this than me. Absolutely. You'll, you'll be surprised, Ben, how much nervous energy you will burn through in that 90 minutes while you're kind of lacing up, dropping your bag off, getting into the pen. Um I probably won't go down the Ben Parks route because I just need to pee. You know, soon, as soon as I go over the start line, I'd be looking for the toilet. Uh, uh, yeah, and Al, sorry. I would say he didn't finish that race. He did that and didn't oh, finish. No, okay. yeah, I was sorry. thinking more, we've just talked about getting into a rhythm and yeah, immediately sorry. you're looking for the first portaloo. <laughs> but what i found is just keeping a little snack bar, whether it's an energy bar or half a bagel or a bit of um, malt loaf or something. Banana. In your pocket. If you don't need it, you know, if you feel fine, but you've got it there and it, and it becomes like that kind of uh, comfort blanket that you might just nibble away just to take your focus off all the crazy nervousness that's going on around you. So so use it as one of those tools in your toolbox as well. Just don't go for the three course like side. Yeah, does don't that. do what side did. Whatever you do, don't do what side. I still don't understand how the boy did that. It's just, it's just wrong. He played to Stella on the Saturday night. That's all. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could go to Wilco route and have eighty thousand calories on the Saturday. I like that plan. <laughs> <laughs> right, come. We've got eight minutes left. What? What else? Cool. My other one was: Would you? I haven't really looked at the course. I've, I mean, I live in london no kind of london but haven't gone into the kind of 
in-depth analysis kind of you know i know you were talking about like the elevation for for kind of the first three do you think it's important to check that out in advance would you just kind of leave it you're very lucky that i'm here because <laughs> i i <laughs> We did a video a couple of years ago, and it, it literally sets out the milestones. If you're doing London Marathon, right, and you're, and you're literally doing it for the first time, check that video out. It's two minutes, right? Another geezer hammered me, by the way, but just all I do is advertise my own YouTube videos on this. So whoever wrote that, again, you're welcome. Um, but watch that video, right? And during that, it will literally, it breaks it down into milestones. So like we just said, you've got your start, yeah, you've got, Three miles, everybody gets together. Then you've got Cutty Sark at six miles. At 12 miles is where usually, I always remember 12 miles because that's where Al was um, with the, the water station one year. Then you've got 13 miles, you're crossing the bridge. You're going to make that turn and go over the bridge, Tower Bridge, tick it off, clear that. I'm coming up to 13 miles. It used to be a VW garage. I think it's now a Saab garage or something useless on the right-hand side. You'll remember it from the big half. Fantastic event. Um but again, that's the point in which you check yourself over. You're then out going towards mud shoot, famous mud shoot, 15, 15, 16 miles, 17 miles. You turn left and you'll see Canary Wharf. All you're thinking about them is the next two miles because they're bloody hard. And you've got to get into Canary Wharf. You get into Canary Wharf at about 18 miles. You then run through Canary Wharf, which seems to take forever. But you come out of that and then you hit 20 miles. You'll see the famous 20 mile sign. And then you've got to think to yourself, I've got to get to Embankment. Get down through that tunnel, come up through Embankment. You'll see the wheel for the first time or the eye or whatever it's called. I wouldn't mind, but I run down there pretty much every day. But it's called the eye. It's all down there. You'll come out. There's all those building works. Then you'll get to the point. Last year, they had it. I think it was last year. They had the floor thing on the ground. So you've got 2K to go because you'll see Big Ben. Get the Big Ben. Chuck a right. All you then got to do is run down there, birdcage, under the bridge, uh, button the pace on the left. Your home and host. That's your course. I just set it out for you. That video does exactly that. Those points. They're your reference points. Remember them because you tick them off. Remember we were saying about that toolbox? Ticking off the sites as you go around, right, is a big thing. One year I actually shouted them out to myself like some nutter that I am. Three miles done. Thanks very much. I'm going to get into the party. Canary War Bomb. And I was literally, you know, literally, you know, making a tick sign. Because that's the way I got around the course. And I would say the same to anybody. But that's, that, that's basically, of course, you've got the cheer station at Canary Wharf as well, the 40 runs. Canary. I always put my family at Canary Wharf because on the start line, all I'm thinking is I've got to see the girls at Canary Wharf. I, I mean, and, and they're always in the same spot by the lines, by the HSBC building, because that's where our brother works. I always remember it because when the first time I went up there to watch Paul do the London Marathon, that's where I sat and watched him. So it's that sort of stuff. So, you know, not necessarily – I mean, you can say hello to Nick. She'll be up there. But it's it's the 40 pounds cheer station at Canary Wharf for most people. But get get there, and then you're turning for home. So do you see how I broke the course down? So, Chris, yes, do you think that's an easier process? Because we're all so familiar when you're doing London of all the landmarks because we've all watched it on the telly for years and years, and we all know we all know the route from sitting on our sofa and watching it on a Saturday morning, even when before we were runners, because we've – it's such a familiar thing. So in that respect, is London a good thing? Is it a good thing to be doing London? Because you've already got that inbred sort of familiarity to I it. Think, I, think, I think it's a good thing because of the crowds. I don't know. Actually, some of the stuff you miss because you go, oh, oh, I'm here already. Or, 
you know, oh, I've just got Sansa because of the, because of the people, the wave, and you know, you're building yourself up because Cutty Sark mental, right? And you come out of there absolutely buzzing. I, what was it? Was it last year? Whenever it was, I threw myself into the crowd because I saw someone in the crowd and I carried on. Um, and then it was like Tower Hill, uh, Tower Bridge, and again, you get out like whoa, that wave of noise coming at you, and it's consistent. It's because you're going down Narrow Street, and everyone's on top of you. But you don't realise the first time that you're doing it, you don't realise probably where you are. But the reason it is so special is because of the noise and the, and the wave of motivation and love that's sending you towards that finish line. You'll get it throughout the whole way. The only, and, and I think this is the only thing I would say, the only caveat to all of this, and it's probably a good way to sort of wrap it all up, is don't overthink it all. Now, I've just gone through, you know, the course and all this sort of stuff. And we're talking about breakfast and we're talking about this and we're talking about that shoes and things like that. The biggest thing I think to anybody who's running any marathon or half marathon or whatever it is, is not to overthink it, right? What will be, will be. You've done your training. It's gone as best as you can. It is, you know, whatever it is on race day. Some days you wake up, you feel like a hero. Some days you wake up, you feel like Hayden, 75 years old, used to be in a boy band, ex-stripper, Right. You've got two ends of the spectrum, yeah? You don't know what you're going to get on race day. But whatever the thing, the most important thing is that you've got to say to yourself, today's going to be an amazing day. Today's going to be awesome. And I'm just going to have the best time ever. Because if it goes tits up, have just start, like, you know, walking along, chatting to people, selfies, whatever you want to do. And just have the best time. You, you know, you might only get one shot at doing London, New York, or whatever, Great North Run, whatever it is. Just remember the why. Just remember there, but don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink. I got. I'm, I'm not on pace. I'm two seconds behind pace. I'm. I'm one second ahead here. It's coming up to mile three, and I'm not having me gel. Just relax and enjoy it. Don't overthink any of it. Very easy to sit here and say. I appreciate it, I, but you know, I've been on this. I've been on this horse a few times now, and it's trying to buck me off. So. You know, I'm not saying I'm experienced because I'm still very much learning at the marathon distance. It's bloody hard. And I, I'm, I've still not accomplished what I, you know, to get it right. I've not yet had a race where it's gone well. And and I've done a few now. So it's really hard, but just enjoy it and don't overthink it. I think that's that's probably, I'm going to take it out. Wilco, do you want to just hand over to you to finish us off for the night? He's on mute now. Could be a problem. Sorry, the one time in two years I press my mute button and then I start talking. Um, I just, um, I hope Ben, Ben, I hope it's been helpful, mate. I hope you've enjoyed the experience and you've been able to tap some brains who've known something and uh, been able to talk to me as well. So um, I hope it's all worked well, mate. And uh, of course, we wish you very best of luck. And after such a brilliant debut performance on the long run, I'm sure we'd love to welcome him along again. Oh, yeah. I've already got got, got co host plans for him. I do we'll have to put him on the roster. <laughs> um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening tonight and uh, for your questions and everything. You can catch us live on YouTube and um, Facebook, hopefully at seven o'clock on Fridays. Or if you can't make us, if you can't see us live, then um, you can download us um, using your podcast provider of choice, whether that is um, Apple, Amazon, um, Spotify, all the regulars. Please give us a review on there. Um, next week. Um, Sabrina's in charge next week. She's going to be joined by uh, Gemma Pedler and Mel House, and they will be having a chat with a sprinter turned marathon runner, Jatila Blake, at the usual time. So um, please, we're looking forward to that. That should be really good chat. Um, 
So we will not be here. Don't forget, if you've got a question, you can drop us a line either on the 40 Runs Running Community we or we have our own Facebook, Insta, other social media. Outlet, that he does, yeah. We're all there. So you can always drop us a line on them. Um, 40runs.com slash long run if you'd prefer to do that. Eventually, we'll get around to do some of these emails. And we're planning a special in the next few weeks so we can sort something out. So thank you very much. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Al. Thanks, Ben. All the very, very best for London. And um, I'll see you Sunday, bright and early in Chelmsford. So enjoy your running this weekend, everybody. Take care. And we'll see you next Friday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 